Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Hey, beautiful teachers, Nicola here dropping in with a bonus episode of the podcast. This is just a quick little episode to give you a taste of our new podcast. Yes, that's right. I've started another one. It's called Teaching Studio Stories. So you can search for Teaching Studio Stories to hear the full conversations. Now, if you want just a little bit of a flavor, Um, so that you can whet your appetite and see whether it might be right for you without switching feeds at all, then that's what you're about to hear in this episode. I'm going to play three little clips for you from three separate episodes of the new podcast. If these appeal to you, you can look up the podcast right now and hear these full conversations as well as another new one that just released. So I hope you enjoy the little excerpts. I hope you look up the podcast. And if you enjoy it, make sure to leave a review afterwards. Keep studying. Keep looking for new material for reading about uh, piano pedagogy, whatever you can find, whatever you can get your hands on, just just read about it if you're feeling insecure. Um, maybe, well, I, I have colleagues in school, piano, colleague piano teachers, so we can, we can discuss stuff with each other. Uh, but I would, if I would have a studio, I might try and find other piano teachers in the area and, and talk to them, see how they do, but also don't lose yourself. Just stay yourself, be yourself, um, uh, be honest. Also in communicating with, with parents, just be honest. Um, don't, if, if something isn't going well, just name it. Um, you don't have to put judgment around it, but if, if little Joe isn't, uh, isn't studying, you just say, well, I feel like he's not practicing enough. Is there a way we can manage that without putting guilt on someone or whatever? Just, just be yourself, follow your intuition and keep, keep studying. Just keep learning. Music is more than just an idle hobby. I understand it takes priority different, you know. It's ranked differently in different people's lives, of course. You know, we're all human, we're all unique. If everyone was the same, life would be very boring. But I do think there's a little bit of 
kind of a dismissed attitude at times to piano lessons, you know, that piano teachers are expected to be music or kind of magicians every week, that their child comes in and sits down and that you have a 30 minute or 45 minute lesson. They learn a few things. Oh, they're sorted for the week. Off you go, out the door. When unfortunately it's not the same as, you know, swimming or playing tennis at the most entry level. If you want to progress at anything, you will have to practice it a little bit. But if, if you want to progress, practice shouldn't be a chore. You know, that's the other thing. The teacher has to make it, if they want the child to stay learning, has to be enjoyable. There's no point in doing it otherwise initially. So I do think communication around and information around piano learning needs to change. You know, music is a crucial part of life. We're all exposed to it in some form or another. If it's walking into a supermarket and hearing something in the background, whether it's, you know, an automated track or whether it's the radio or even just, you know, dropping up pots and pans in the kitchen, it's all musical. We're all exposed to it. I would tell them so many things, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just focus on a few. I guess one big one is to, it's something that I worried a lot about was, was the results that I was giving and whether, you know, like people need to see results, the parents need results or something. And I think that that was part of my, my, you know, self-consciousness about being new um, and wanting to prove myself. And, but really, I think people often don't even care as much about results as you would think. Like a lot of people are much, much more patient, especially with the progress of their kids than I ever would have expected. And they're more impressed by little things than I ever would have expected. Um, like, you know, there was a time where I thought if a student didn't learn all of Charlie Chipmunk in the first lesson, like if, if somehow they couldn't quite get it, that I had failed. And, but some kids take more than one lesson to learn even Charlie Chipmunk and, uh, and often the parents were impressed even by the, you know, the couple measures that they did learn. And, and I never anticipated that. I just, I thought like, if they haven't learned a whole song in their first lesson, then I have like failed as a teacher. Um, but, uh, and another thing I think is. It's something I remind myself a lot is go slow to go fast. Um, and just in general, I mean, when you think about when you're doing chores or something, if you really speed up and like try to push it to the limit of what you can do, then that's when all the mistakes start happening and you, you know, break a glass or something. And then you end up going so much more slowly than you ever would have. Uh, and so, yeah, I think we can really it's okay to slow down. You know, we don't have to be turning pages every five seconds and like mastering new skills every week. Like it is all leading somewhere. Um, and then I think the, the biggest thing maybe is to be yourself because if you're not yourself, then, uh, the people who end up selecting you as a teacher 
when you pretend to be someone else will probably not be happy with the person you turn out to be, but the people who do want to find you for who you are and who want, who want you as a teacher, like being yourself, uh, you want to be that in your marketing and everything so that they can find you and be super excited to work with you. Those were the three excerpts from our new podcast. Again, it's called Teaching Studio Stories. If those little clips were interesting or intriguing to you, make sure to look it up and let me know what you think. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.